Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really delighted about today's guest, Bear Newman. He's the president and co-founder of Bear Fox Marketing. He's an expert in digital marketing, SEO, Today's talk is all going to be about internet marketing, social media, um, does your business rely on Google too much, and much more. So I'm happy to welcome Blair to the show. Welcome. Thanks, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Glad to meet you and look forward to what we got to cover today. Yeah, I know. I'm really looking forward to the conversation because I really love uh, digital marketing. And so kind of set the stage, talk about your story your background and set the stage for an exciting conversation. Yeah. So I've been doing SEO uh, for about 15, 17 years or so. Uh, I've started really kind of piecing it together on my own, got my first job at a local company doing the keyword research for 53,000 craft <laughs> products. And uh, despite the appearance, I'm not big into crafting. So uh, yeah. all crochet needles, and all those kinds of things were not really my forte, but uh, I did the research and that's kind of how I got started. From there, I moved into doing the uh, all the SEO for a publishing company in-house and uh, Google made some major algorithm updates back in 2012, made that company's business model unviable. And so I just essentially, instead of starting with another company, just started, decided oh, I can't be that hard. So I started up my own agency at that point in time. Uh, so it's definitely a little harder than I would have anticipated, but uh, it's been great. Uh, SEO, again, is kind of my forte. We've gone out and we've really focused on, in addition to SEO, we've focused on uh, metrics or channels, shall we say, that bring in ROI really for businesses to get them to grow. So we added in email to complement the SEO, Facebook campaigns, Google ads, and those are kind of our four main pillars we focus on to drive results. Uh I essentially started up with my business partner about eight years ago, rebranded to Bear Fox Marketing, and uh, we've grown it to uh, seven figures and want to keep on going, trying to hit that eight, eight figure mark. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Always uh, in uh, the, the beauty is in the growth when you see those spikes in traffic or sales and revenue. Um, so one, one thing I really have a question about is <clears throat> the uh, role of SEO and modern marketing, you know, in the early 2000s when blogs was big, you needed SEO and then you had Google and then all of a sudden like you have social media and you have like viral video marketing, you have podcasting, YouTube. So in your opinion, is SEO still a critical component of digital marketing today and how has it evolved over the years? Great question. So I would say it definitely is still a critical part. Uh, it's really changed a little bit in how you go about getting that traffic. But most websites still to this day get about 50% of their traffic, 50 to 60 
from Google Organic. So that is still the lion's share. And typically the conversion rate is going to be much higher on a organic search than it would on any other, any other channel, specifically like, especially with Facebook. A lot of times if you're in a Facebook campaign, your Google organic traffic will spike for your company name. The trust factor with Facebook is much lower. And so they'll actually see your ad, Google your name, and then go in through there uh, and actually purchase your products or your services that way. Oh, yeah. But it's definitely changed quite a bit. So yeah, one thing because you know I was I was thinking in um, especially in this day and age with uh, data and analytics and AI, and especially with the big giants, you know Google and Microsoft, and you've got OpenAI. Um, now you need all that traffic, especially in terms of just words and keywords and searches. So I still think, especially with AI now, SEO is going to be really it's just going to evolve. The next question is kind of this dependency on Google. And what's, what was interesting was like I had a question and um, the other day and I actually didn't use Google because Google just provided me a list, list of website. But ChatGPT actually gave me a cohesive answer to kind of look through it and actually was much better than Google search. So do you believe businesses are overly reliant on Google for their digital marketing success? And or, or is, there, is there another challenger and how can they diversify their strategies yeah great question so google right now makes up probably i think 95 to 96 percent of the total website traffic so they're still the juggernaut and they're looking to combat ai software so just to, i guess preface that a little bit this year has been the biggest disruptor to google's results that i've seen in, in probably a decade that ai came out and ai really uh google's challenge is to combat low quality content. So AI comes out, it's great that it creates content quickly and it's relevant, but it's not really high quality. If you use it just to plug it in, play, copy, paste, not going to work. So Google's algorithm has really had to work extra hard, lots of updates this year to combat low quality content. So uh, Google's definitely doing what they can to, to mitigate that. Uh, I do believe a lot of people are too heavily uh, um, focused on Google, too heavily reliant in the fact that Google Ads, Google Ads still makes up the lion's share of all of Google's revenue. Uh -huh. So they still make most of their money from that, but definitely want to look at other ways. Facebook, again, while the trust factor may not be as big on Facebook as it is on Google, it's still important. It's still a great way to, to diversify. Depend on what you have, if you have a product or a service, you know, looking at layering on additional sources of traffic. So, and again, not just Google, but even with Amazon, if you have an Amazon store, a hundred percent of your, or say 90% of your revenue comes from Amazon. That's a very dangerous game. Anyone who's been doing it for a while knows they do one update and you could lose 50% of your sales or 90% of your profit margin. Depends on what they do. So <laughs> with Google, Amazon, any channel, I like thinking my business is mine. And the only way to really do that is to not be solely reliable, reliable on, or not to solely rely on one channel for your sales and your income. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always a proponent of the omni-channel approach and, um, and it's really interesting. So kind of, you know, diversifying away from Google risk. And so kind of what are some strategies, you know, what are some platforms you mentioned Facebook, um, what are some other, uh, distribution channels that people can go on to, to, to start marketing and getting more traffic? A lot of it will depend on the actual uh, result you want. So if you're looking for an item to sell, or if you want a service that you want to sell are, are going to be a little different. So 
again, a couple right off the top of my head. Facebook is a great one. It's probably the second channel to go after, as well as your demographic. Uh, the demographics are changing a little bit, but there's an older market on Facebook. That So if you're going, looking for like C-suite type individuals, Facebook would be probably top of your list. But TikTok's always good. LinkedIn is a great one as well to get kind of campaigns dialed in there. LinkedIn is definitely a lot more tricky and difficult to really get to perform consistently. It should be the, the juggernaut of all the channels for B2B sales, and it's not. It's a, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. But LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the two are very similar as far as you post on Facebook. You can also do it on Instagram with a click of a button. Uh, again, TikTok is starting to surge with a lot of good things there. So yeah. uh, those are probably the ones top of my list. There's obviously a, a number you can still go in after with uh, um, additional channels. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Especially, especially TikTok now is um, offering like TikTok shops and uh, and also um, products as well. And it's great because um, you know that viral form of marketing just it's almost like ad ads. You just put these viral reels and get you know millions of views and um, you know get conversion. Um, so next question is with this. Uh, you mentioned AI was huge this year. Um, and how can businesses? effectively leverage AI in their marketing strategies? And what impact do you foresee AI having on the future of marketing? Uh, AI is going to be huge. There, there's no question there. And it's one thing to be afraid of it and to kind of push it off. It's it's inevitable. It is coming. And the other thing to really embrace it. So the way we're embracing it, I've embraced it, is really to augment and improve what we currently do. So instead of taking, say, we're writing a, an article that we want to rank well in Google to get traffic from, instead of taking one person maybe six hours to write this article and make it really just amazing, we can do that in an hour with AI. Use that, have it rewritten, uh, get images, use AI to write to actually create custom images uh, with the content and make it super engaging, really valuable, and put that in there. So now all of a sudden you've got as high level of quality of an article, possibly even better than you could have done in a fraction of the time. So really just use AI to make what you have even better. And as you do that, you're going to have an advantage because your competitors, most of them are probably going to be using AI to cut corners. And that is where they're going to have the downfall. So as they're cutting corners, you focus on doing really good quality work and content, you're going to automatically just start to supersede them because it's going to catch up to them. Uh -huh. Yeah, I love that. What you're talking about is scaling in quality and quantity using AI. And um, it's 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 amazing because, you know, I've used AI in my and it's basically um, 7x my uh, content output and just kind of, you know, dramatically cut costs you know, and uh, save so much time. Um, mm -hmm. What's interesting is, you know, you talked about the certain, you know, kind of Google and all these platforms kind of moderating AI, but so much, so many people are putting AI generated content that they're having trouble keep just keeping up. So it's kind of just this flood of just AI generated content. Uh, moving on is uh, this kind of this uh, kind of um, marketing and brand identity development using what we just talked about SEO tech and um, all of that. So how do you approach developing a brand identity for a new business? And why is it vital for their marketing success? So really, it's about just, I feel, consistency and trust that really, if you as you're building out your website, your content, whatever that is, is that your name is associated with it. And anything associated with your name, your company name is going to be a certain quality, a standard of that kind of quality. And it can be resonated and seen throughout all that you do. 
So it's not hit and miss, it's consistent. And there's, you're building trust really. If you think about the brand that you're building, whether it's a, a logo, uh, content, a service, whatever that is, you're building a trust associated with that, with people, with Google, whatever the case is. And so just making sure that uh, whatever's associated with that brand is going to meet those expectations. And again, my situation is a little unique in that my name is part of my company, Bear from Bear Fox. Uh -huh. uh, and I take that very personal. So anything my company does, I take as something I need to make sure the quality is there because my name is associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Ron. Especially when talking about um, you know, when you're doing sponsorship and brand deals, you know, kind of I actually started limiting just kind of sponsors and affiliates because, um, you know, if something goes wrong with the affiliate, you know, your name is attached with that. So you always kind of want to be cognizant that your your reputation is everything. Uh, moving on to marketing, you talk about marketing team assessment and what are three critical questions every business owner should ask their marketing team to assess their effectiveness? Uh, good question. Uh, and each <laughs> channel is going to be a little bit different. Uh, obviously a proven track record is going to be critical. So show me examples of a proven track record you have in my industry is a great way to start. You don't want to get someone who's going to basically learn on your dime. So if they have a proven track record, that's what you want to make sure they've got. Uh, for, that'd be the first question. A second question would be, what metrics are you using to gauge the success of this campaign? A lot of agencies will essentially use metrics that are important to them and are important along the way, but they're not important to paying your bills. So you want to make sure that if we're talking about impressions or engagement or whatever, how does that equate to my being able to pay my bills after I pay your invoice? And so make sure they speak your lingo of what that is and what's important to you. You, you might be doing a campaign where you're branding your company. You just want people to see your brand and get it out there. In that instance, impressions and visibility is what you're going to be focused on. If that's not the case, you want to focus on actual conversions and sales. So definitely go there. And then the, I would say the other question I would ask is definitely who owns these assets? And when I say assets, if they create a Facebook campaign for you, do they own it or do you? So if they don't do a good job for you, do you start from scratch or do you keep it all? Uh, if they're building a website for you, are you renting the website or do you own it? Who owns that website? So everything that they do for you, make sure you retain ownership of everything they do. Because if they sit back, don't do the job they claim they're going to do, you can yeah. take those assets and find someone who will do the job for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about control and ownership. And, um, you know, especially with, you know, with editors now, I mean, now I have AI editors, but, uh, you know, in the past when I had edit, I would get the rough copy and I actually, and then that way, if I, I could do what I wanted with it and, um, you know, just like this podcast, you know, you, I, you know, I'm going to share the the recording with you so you can, you know, make clips and reels and, you know, do what you want as well. So moving on to like custom marketing strategies, what is, why is a tailored marketing strategy essential for businesses and how do you approach creating one for your clients? Uh, great question. So it, it is absolutely critical. 
every situation is a little bit different. So really it comes down to, do you have a brand new website that you're getting started with, or do you have an established website that's struggling? That strategy from pretty much every angle is going to be radically different from an SEO perspective, from a Facebook campaign perspective. Do you have an established brand? Do you not? So really having someone who can go in and assess the strategy. And that's really where the, I'd say the magic happens with an agency is getting in, they can execute, finding people who can execute isn't too complicated, isn't too difficult. The big part is the strategy and understanding how the channels play together. Because we have so much data and so many analytics, a lot of people get stuck on, well, this channel produced this number of ROI, this channel produced this, not understanding how they play together. So like I used with the Facebook example, you're on a Facebook campaign, Facebook campaign's not performing great, it's okay, but your organic traffic is rocking, it's amazing. Not knowing, so let's you know, let's go ahead and cut off the Facebook campaign because it's not producing. Not understanding that they're googling your name from your Facebook ads, and that's how they're buying. So the Facebook ad, while it's not directly being correlated with the sale, is actually fueling all of your organic sales. So if you cut that off, you also cut off your organic sales. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, you know, kind of we're ending in like a really fantastic. Um, episode and we're kind of ending. So kind of talk about ethics and marketing and, um, you know, what are some red flags business owners should watch out for to ensure their marketing agency isn't taking advantage of them and kind of ended on uh, inspiration of how can people find you, follow you, work with you, et cetera. Yeah, perfect. So that's actually a big concern of mine is making sure that uh, the agencies out there, that they're ethical. And I feel like there's a lot of agencies that give good agencies a bad name. So the, the number one thing I'd say to look at is transparency. What are they showing you? How can you validate that? So if they're saying, hey, uh, we generated 100 phone calls and new business to you this month. Do you have a recording of those? Can you go through and see it? Did your phone actually ring? What do your numbers show that you can validate that? So I would say the number one thing would be transparency. Show me what you're showing me. If you're showing you made me $10,000 this month, my numbers should also reflect that. Let's make sure those two are are um, making sense and they're we're on the same page with that. So uh, that's the big thing. Uh, again, if you own the assets, if a lot of people will fall into the, the mistake of, hey, uh, I'm going to get to this great website, super cheap. You only have to pay three, $400 a month or $1,000 a month, not realizing they don't get to own it. So that's really come with some of the biggest red flags, I would say, that jump out. And then people trying to pitch themselves up, well, I work in this industry, so I'm an expert in another industry without a proven track record is going to come back to burn you. So those are really the, the big things that jump out at me. Uh, I've been doing this again for just SEO itself for 15 years. I had an agency for, I think, 12 of the 15. Uh, I'm Bear from Bear Fox Marketing. Anyone has any questions, uh, bearfoxmarketing.com is our website. And uh, our contact information is on their phone number, email. We do a consultative approach. So if anyone had any direct questions on their specific situation, we don't sell any services to anyone that we don't feel we can make them successful. So we run the numbers first. And so we get an idea of what you're looking to accomplish, who you are, before we do anything moving forward. Yeah, really. Uh, and for all the audience out there, let's thank Bear for coming on as an accomplished digital marketer. Uh, be sure to follow him on all his socials. He's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Check out his uh, company website. And uh, with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. It's been great.